This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Happy New Year. It's 2020. And who would have thought that would make it this far? Pessimism does seem to mark the spirit of the age as we start off this new year with Trump threatening World War III, apparently, which is what my son reports from his uh, TikTok app. Australia is increasingly looking like a Mad Max film, and Norway has been experiencing 19 degrees Celsius temperatures in January. It's pretty crazy, and keeping perspective on it all is more necessary than ever. I guess we all need the practicing life at this time. This short episode serves as a quick introduction to where we are and where we are going with the podcast, so you, dear listener, can make informed choices about whether to spend your attention here or elsewhere on the vast attention economy that is today's podcast market. I will be embarking on a very rare podcast extra this year, a vocal blog post. Let me know if it works. I'm trying to optimize the time I spend on the podcast and blog, and this may end up being a good way to do so. Like much I do here, it's an experiment, so provide some feedback, you cheap buggers. Go on, send a comment. Good, bad, nay, yay, do more, do less. It's all helpful. Basically, a recent attempt to finish off a news-inspired post on British grime artist Stormzy and ideology for the Imperfect Buddha website failed miserably, which is what drove me to think of doing an audio version. You see, I found myself writing way too much, attempting to cover too much ground, and venturing unexpectedly into terrain in terms of ideas and content which is nice for me at least, because I get to think new things, get to experience new kinds of flavours of experience, and realise how incomplete some of my ideas are, and how others are gateways to new kinds of thought and experience, which is something I absolutely love. It's one of the great joys of an intellectual life spent well. But, and this is the crux, all of this was at the same time as attempting to follow the advice of one of the great American writers, Cormac McCarthy. If you don't remember him, he's the author of No Country for Old Men, turned into a fantastic film by the Coen brothers. And it's not just him, but he is certainly one who likes to give advice to writers on occasion. And the ideas tend to be quite similar. Express ideas clearly. Do not overburden readers, or in this case listeners, with too much complexity and a multiplicity of ideas all at once, something I unfortunately do end up doing, so apologies for that. But there's another crux or issue that's really going on underneath the surface. Some of you may have noticed, and I'll quote somebody, well, let's quote another American, Richard Feynman, or Feynman, I don't know how he pronounces that or how he did, he's dead of course. He was a theoretical physicist and a remarkable fellow. Here's one of his great quotes. 
don't get frightened by not knowing things. I have approximate answers and possible beliefs and different degrees of certainty about different things, but I'm not absolutely sure of anything. There are many things I don't know anything about. It doesn't frighten me. Hear, hear, Mr. Feynman. Absolutely wonderful observation and something, well, an insight that most gurus and teachers should seriously take on board. Now, whether you like it or not, I am always exploring the edge of what I know with these podcasts and enrolling you into the process. Whoops. Which means, well, let's keep going with the quotes. Why not? I take another American writer's claim quite seriously. This time the science fiction writer Robert Heinlein. When one teaches, two learn. That reads like a Yoda proverb, doesn't it? Well, I could remake it here as when one podcasts, many learn. But principally, yours truly, the host learns. Well, I've got to get something out of these podcast episodes, haven't I? Otherwise, what's the point? Now, this kind of edge exploring and recognition of what we don't know is very visible in an upcoming conversation with Adam Roberts, creator of the Sideview podcast, Journal and Sight. No doubt many of you are familiar with his work, and he's certainly one of a number of folks exploring the edges of ideas and experiencing contemporary culture as it meets the contemplative arts, or as I prefer to state these days, the practicing life. Thanks again, Mr. Schlotterdijk. In this soon-to-be-published episode, he and I explore a great deal of the practicing life and enroll a wonderful Frenchman in the process that's not Frankie Laruelle. That's quite something, isn't it? I kind of feel like I'm cheating on old Frank. Sorry, Frank. Maybe there is enough love to go round. I won't say who it is, though. You'll have to wait and see. Before I publish it, though, I have a final conversation with Mr. Daniel Ingram, our hat extraordinaire. It's hard not to admit that I've developed something of a liking for Mr. Ingram after all these chats of ours. This final one is a promise I made to him, and it's on integral theory, which itself is another conversation starter for many of these folks exploring the edges I just mentioned. That will be up before Adam sometime this month. Those are two interviews, well, conversations really, that have been recorded, edited, and are ready to come out of the oven. I was actually planning to upload them sooner, but something didn't feel quite right. And you know what? If it doesn't feel right, it's best to wait. There could be something going on in the ether. Well, actually, it was just me being rather busy with Christmas and New Year and family and all the rest of it. And that little time of waiting out, or waiting it out, led to this introduction and the audio blog post to follow. Finally, in terms of what's on the menu, I will be recording the next big turn over the next weeks or months, depending on my work schedule, or that schedule for you Americans. It's going to be a phenomenological turn. Yeah, phenomenology. Exciting, right? We hear about it a lot, and it's kind of coming back into fashion. I spoke about it with Evan Thompson as well in our conversation, and I must say I'm quite pleased to see it being resurrected after, well, a premature death, I guess. Phenomenology lost its shine in the second half of the last century for a number of very important reasons, 
many of which are poorly understood by those who use the term flippantly or brazenly when referring to Buddhist practice. It is really an essential field of knowledge for contextualizing the individual strain that has marked much of Western Buddhism, and I shall dive deeply into its flesh and bones for the creation of the next turn. But what about these turns? Have you heard them? Have you listened to them? A wise woman once told me that no matter what you do in life, it will always receive mixed responses. This is one of those obvious truisms when you say it, but, well, we kind of operate from the assumption or the desire that we'd like things to be, well, liked, right? From the Mona Lisa to the nuclear bomb, you can never make everyone happy, it seems. What responses do we get? Well, if you accept the guarantee that someone will love it, someone will hate it, someone will like it, someone will dislike it, and someone else will ignore or dismiss it, then you're kind of free to do what you want, really, knowing that that's going to happen even with the great stuff out there. One of the great examples of all this would be someone like, well, how about Jesus? Yeah, hmm, that was an interesting story, isn't it, about likes and dislikes? Anyway, I had expected a few more reactions to the two turns carried out, or rather, some negative reaction. Those two episodes received way above average listenership, and all I got was positive feedback, no complaints. I feel a little bit disappointed, and I wonder what one is to make of that, especially with the political turn. Anyway, the question would be, do you want more or less of these? They are not vanity projects, and I don't particularly enjoy listening to the sound of my own voice, but really, feedback's important. Perhaps it's part of the economy of podcasting and blog writing. There needs to be some kind of exchange taking place, so feel free to throw in your two cents. Now, I'd like to make a request at this point, and not just the one I've just made. And it's a repeat of one I made back at some point in 2018. I'd like you to email me, tweet, message on Facebook or SoundCloud with further recommendations for guests for the podcast. Now, quite a few of the guests from 2019 were your recommendations, and Adam is actually one of those. I didn't take all of the suggestions up, of course, and that's primarily due to time, interest, and sometimes compatibility. Although I will be reviewing some of those names and suggestions I didn't get around to speaking to, just to see whether it would be worth doing so in 2020. Now, what helps me most, if you care to do this, is that you send a suggestion in that has obviously the name, but a, a short comment on why you think they would be a good fit for the podcast and what specifically you think they should be invited to discuss or be challenged on. If you're a regular listener, a second suggestion would be for topics and areas to explore, either with new guests or with past guests we've already had on, or as a turn or a solo episode. I have plenty of my own ideas, don't get me wrong, but I'm always interested to hear from the so-called wisdom of the crowd. How wise are you folks? See what you can come up with, and the email address is imperfectbuddha at outlook.com. Now, I have just two more things left to share, so let's sprint to the finish, Mr. Cormac. Austria. Austria? Yes, Austria. 
If we have any listeners from Austria that fancy a non-podcast chat, I'm looking to get to know the country better and would like to connect to anyone from there. Get in touch for a friendly chat over Skype so I can pick your brains. And the last bit. Yes, we're almost there. Coaching and workshops. What? You say? Workshops? Yeah? I know. I know. Just give me two more minutes of your time. I'm slowly putting together a couple of workshops on the practicing life, specifically on post-traditional approaches to practice more broadly, and not just Buddhism, and non-practice as well. Now, I'm not doing this to try and make money. I just want to keep making that clear. Obviously, I need to make money, and I have a job for that purpose. But I'm really doing this as an act of service. Uh, My mind, for whatever it is, twisted in its own ways, sees all this output, whether it's the podcast or blog posts or coaching, as an act of service. And I feel I have the luxury of being able to explore in the way I do in all of these areas because I'm not dependent on any of it for my weekly or monthly earnings. That gives me a certain degree of freedom, but it also means that I feel ethically quite clean in what I'm doing. So whatever you are, wherever you are, you shouldn't take it as yet another person trying to sell you a bloody product. Yes, I'm serious about that. And if you're interested in that kind of topic, you might want to go back and listen again to my conversation with uh, Yves from France on the attention ecology. Anyway, I've actually been teaching for almost 20 years now, which is crazy considering I'm only 43. And I've also been teaching and leading shamanic workshops for over a decade too, both here in Italy and in Slovenia. But I haven't done much related to Buddhism, or more in line with my own interests, post-Buddhist or post-Buddhism practice. And there seems to be a need and demand for this. If you're interested, get in touch, watch this space. Finally, coaching, and remember what I just said about being of service, I do have a small number of spaces available for those looking for a coaching approach to the practicing life that incorporates many of the themes we have covered from the podcast. And also, I feel like saying that if you've been in one of the Buddhist cults that we've talked about, or one of these Buddhist groups hit by a scandal, and you want to move on into a far healthier adult relationship dynamic and keep working on the practicing life, well, coaching could be a good fit too. I certainly won't pretend to be a fully enlightened know-it-all or surrogate father figure, and your humanity will be respected as well as your right to think for yourself. The coaching dynamic is quite a revolution, I think, and it's really a refreshing approach to working with someone who can help you move forwards or grapple differently or gain perspective on wherever you're at and whatever you're doing or not doing within your practice environment. Do be aware I'm not a Buddhist teacher or meditation guru. There are plenty of those about, if that's what you need. I do use Buddhist tools, practices and concepts, though, within a far broader perspective that is holistic in its view of the practitioner. I will be producing sporadic posts on what I do throughout the year as time permits. And partly this is because I do believe we are all in need or we should all be giving more thought to relationship dynamics more broadly. And that includes, of course, teacher-student, the coach and the coached, the mentor and the mentoree, the guide and the follower, etc., etc. Check out the Imperfect Buddha website, coaching 
for more information on what I do or don't do and email me at o'connellcoaching at live.com with any questions you might have. That's O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L coaching at live.com. Arrivederci. Ciao. Music for this episode and the upcoming episodes was all provided by Funky Porcini.